The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Episode number 202, and I say that, Holly, because we're just past 200. You should already know what episode we are on. Yeah, so I didn't have to say it. Thank you, because I would have probably got it wrong. Our guest this week, when when a friend of ours, uh, Holly and my, somebody that we've known for a very long time, we would Mm -hmm. call her our BFF. When Malane says... There's a guy by the name of Caleb. You have to talk to him. That is just something that I felt like, Holly, we had to do. Absolutely. I mean, we trust her. She's got good instincts. She knows good people. So it was just an obvious yes. And she has a voice like an angel. Yes. So why don't we introduce our guest (laughs) for this week? Caleb Delamont, my friend, how are you? Really good. Happy to be here. Thanks, you guys. And thank you, Malane, I suppose. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We like to ask the skill testing question uh, before we start anything. Uh, Who are you and where did you come from? So my name's Caleb Delamont, uh, born in Calgary, spent uh, my early years as a missionary kid in Germany. My dad was a traveling uh, musician with the evangelism team and then a little stint in junior high years in Ontario, a bit of time in Victoria, BC, but mostly Calgary's home and it's it's home right now. Hmm. How old were you when you went to Germany? Um, I didn't get a lot of input, but I was one year old. Uh, so um, I guess, yeah, one year old until just about age 11. Okay. So are you fluent then in German? I, I keep telling people I'm pretty good at playground German. Okay. And I realized when I was taking German in high school that I hadn't learned really to talk with adults. <laughs> and so uh, if you want to play a playground game in German, I could probably do that. But it it, uh, it is limited somewhat beyond that. Okay. Heinz, Fies, Dry. Something yeah, like very, that, right? Very good. So we're already on our way to like Marco Polo or something like that. <laughs> there you go. Hey, you're it. Okay. So then if your dad is, uh, I mean, you said missionary doing traveling yeah. evangelism, was that where you felt like your future was going to be was, uh, you know, missionaries traveling ministry in that every, every missionary kid. And, and then like pastor kid that I know always has some time where they want to rebel away from that. But I, it was just always the clear cut path for me. Like it, um, you know, haven't done global missionary type stuff yet, but I'm in ministry now. I'm a pastor and uh, yeah, it just seemed like the way to go. And certainly music growing up in, in the music home. Uh, I, I remember picking up the bass guitar for the first time and mandatory piano lessons, all that good stuff. So yeah. What was the first instrument that you had to play? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Yeah. <laughs> so what I love to do now, but back then I had. Yeah. To. yeah. Um, so piano, uh, I, I think they were, they were wise in, putting me into piano. And then I jumped out too soon. Uh, that I just, you know, lots of adults say this, they just kick themselves for not sticking with piano. Um, but I jumped to guitar cause it was cooler. Right. And, and now, now I understand music less than I probably could have if I stayed with piano. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you find because you had this talent then of being able to pick up instruments that you could now play multiple instruments, which kind of then led you down this path of following music? Maybe. Um, I have always, I guess I found that, you know, trying new instruments has always been like really fun and allows me to understand music in a, in a bit of a wider scope. So yeah, and, and I spent some time playing saxophone in high school and stuff like that. So Nice. Yeah. Were you a band geek too? 
Oh, big time. Yeah. Yes. I needed, I needed yes. to bring my grades up. So uh, <laughs> band was like where they were giving me pretty much just like try hard and attendance mm. marks and, and I could get those and then uh, math needed help. Yeah. So band geek all the way. Yeah, I'm with you. I played the flute. Talked too much. I was, I was, I I was hoping from... you were going to bring that up. <laughs> I went from first flute to third flute to percussion. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, like, okay. get her to the back, please. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's easier to talk. <laughs> I don't disturb everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You're into this church thing. You're into this faith thing. Mm-hmm. Was then the natural direction of, did you want to be then, oh, I want to be a worship pastor or I want to be a pastor pastor or where was the next step? I think it was uh, worship pastor quite automatically. So my dad being involved in, in like music evangelism, then in Ontario, he was an associate pastor with the big part of his job being um the music side of things. And so just c- continued the exposure to that. I went to, uh, I went to Briarcrest and, mm-hmm. and then switched over to, to Ambrose in Calgary, uh, both just doing the music track in ministry. And it just felt natural the whole way. It wasn't until um, just a few years ago that I actually, I'm, I'm actually doing music less than I used to and moving more into like a church planting thing, but that's, um, I mean, that's a whole other podcast, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> we've got time Okay, um, right on. <laughs> moving around, going from Germany back to Canada, you know, you're in different provinces. Do you feel as though that helped you adapt better or did it do the reverse and make you very hesitant to be in new social settings? Mm, good question. So, uh, shy kid growing up, probably still am, um, and I experienced the culture shock of moving, you know, right around starting junior high is when we came to Ontario. And, and, and so there's that culture shock. I wasn't ready for it because the church or the school I was at in Germany was a Christian missionary kid school. And, and so there's that whole, you know, sheltered life to the secular world type of a thing that I, I experienced. Um, but then as I look back on my childhood and, and young adult years, I think the moving every few years has actually really opened up. I love starting new relationships in new places and it's not hard anymore. It kind of has grown over time would be the answer. It's yeah. interesting though, that you say shy kid, but yeah. yet you are also the type of person who's then upfront singing. You're upfront uh, you know, as a pastor. Do you feel like a, a different switch turns on when all of a sudden you're doing something a little different? I don't know how all the... Uh, you know, the, what is it? Myers-Briggs and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know how introvert, extrovert really breaks down. Me neither. I, I yeah. Do it, yeah. All <laughs> Carry <that> the two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I have adapted for sure. Um, but it's probably, it's probably had a lot to do with honestly, like confidence in Christ and in my faith have allowed me to feel like I can be more bold. Um, and that's something that people say to me often is like, do you know that the name Caleb, it like means bold. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I guess I kind of am growing in that. So I I think it's like ever increasing. Let's talk about your faith because there is that moment where it makes that transition from it being things your parents told you about that you have to learn uh, to your own personal faith. What was that moment for you? A lot. Um, Early on, 
obviously very surrounded by it, but uh, my mom passed away when I was 15. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was at that point that I do remember thinking I can run and be mad at God. Like I, I really had no question about, is he real or not? I was just sort of questioning, do I stick around with him so I can run or I can press into actually learning about who he is and, and understanding him more. So that was, that would be a, a very big moment in my life as at age 15, but then other hard times since then. And, and you kind of, you don't re up like he's not going anywhere, but, but you realize like that there's that same familiar question again, life is hard. What am I going to do? Is he good? Do I believe that? And, and so there's been a number of moments since being 15 and, and even times before that, where I was just like, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. Let's go into tomorrow. This is, a, I don't know if there's a right answer to this question, but do you think being a pastor, then you're able to preach about those things or being an artist, you're able to write about those things. Does it make it easier to kind of deal with some of the stuff that is going on in your life? I see Jesus giving me these opportunities to, to use music, to use the pulpit, to even just use one-on-one conversations to just say, you know, I'm someone who has been tested and even though I came out lacking, I have seen that Jesus lacks nothing in, the, in my moments of testing. And so whether that's saying that through song, uh, whether that's saying that through preaching or just a conversation, uh, yeah, I think for sure it's something that I can use. These are tools. These moments are tools that can help someone else for sure. Let's talk about music because you do have an album uh, which is released and, yeah. and it's and it's different in the in the sense that when I think of worship I would think of like a hill song or yeah. an elevation or uh, a Bethel but you decided to do hymns which yeah. I will be honest I don't necessarily <laughs> know people that are signing I'm like you know what we need more of uh-huh. hymns but then yeah. I hear it I'm yeah. like you know what we need more of hymns <laughs> yeah yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, I feel like similar to what I was just saying about like Jesus has been proved, he's proven that he, he's not lacking. Um, I love that hymns pack a lot of truth into a small space. Um, I personally, like, if you had to ask me, like, do you prefer hymns or worship choruses? I would probably say worship choruses, um, like the, the modern worship style, like you mentioned. There's something that has been very formative in, in learning truths of scripture that someone wrote down probably in a different language like the first song on the album praise the lord the almighty is about 400 years old and originally in german and and i'm like that's really cool that someone else 400 years ago needed to declare that and it's just as true today and and we can sing it over the same types of issues and, and problems like other 15 year old boys were losing their mothers, you know, 400 years ago. And, mm. and so I just love that they have stood the test of time. doesn't make them better. just makes them like really cool to, I think, I think keep alive, keep them going. I never thought of that before, you know, 400 years ago, people were still just people and they had mm-hmm. love, they had loss, they had hard times, they had good times. And, that never changes and, and God's love for us never changes. And so yeah. we get to hear how different generations express that. And that's a really yeah. beautiful, cool thing. 
Yeah, it, it really is a neat thing to be able to step into again, to see the generations of the church um, in practice, basically. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So when you go into writing your own stuff, do you write it more as uh, thinking of it as hymns or do you go more as a modern worship and more of what, you know, as we were talking Hillsong or Bethel or whomever? What does our church need? <laughs> I think. So when I think of uh, like a few years ago, we, we released something with like, there's a lot of fundraising and, and finding all my best musician friends for, for hymns. Uh, but uh, I've also done something just, just produced with our own local church with, without all the fanfare and production and everything. And, and uh, there are some tracks on there that are kind of hymn like um, one that kind of talks about the, the doctrine of the Holy spirit and, and helps us sort of unpack who he is and what he's doing in the world. And then another song that's kind of like three lines repeated <laughs> and uh, both were kind of things or moments that I felt pastorally musically, we needed to just sit in as a church for a while. Um, so, yeah, I always find that the, that the people of God that I'm most connected to are, are the ones inspiring what to sing next. So when it comes to writing music, you know, you're writing for what the people in your congregation need. Um, how much of your own spiritual journey is reflected in that versus your personal life? That's good. I would. Okay. So when I, when I first started going into preaching, I realized that I had already learned something in music and that's to like allow a sermon to preach to yourself first mm-hmm. before you share it. And, and I think that that's something that I learned in, in music was like, okay, this truth is, is nailing me right now. Uh, whether that's um, a hard moment of fa- faith testing time where you, you have to dig down deep into, I don't know, Isaiah 43, like I will uphold you with my, with my right hand. Like I've got you um, that kind of a thing. That's, that's coming out of a deeply personal place and someone else is going to be right there. And, and as soon as you step on a platform to preach or sing that, you realize like, oh yeah, like we're, we all need this reminder. So it's kind of both. It, I think it does start from personal because I'm preaching it to myself first, or I'm allowing the truth of God to hit me first. And that makes it, I think, as genuine and transparent as possible, which might be one of the strengths of, of the music maybe is like, this is the real Caleb that I know. And he's singing stuff that I know he's going through. And I feel that and we can jump in together. So when you listen to music, so if, if the latest worship song comes out, do you hear it as Caleb, the worship artist? Do you hear it as Caleb, the pastor, or do you just hear it as you? And then you facilitate that to where it's needed. Hmm. I guess I hear it. I hear it as me. And then I facilitate it to where it's needed. And there's always someone, something surprising about that. So like to be specific with the hymns album, I'm like, okay, this is me. This is, this is something I want to do. I'm going to invite some other friends into it. And then, so it's about this group of 16 or so. And then it's also for the churches that we're connected to. And it just kind of grows. And then you realize like, oh, my non-Christian friend is like texting me about this and he's really excited about it. I hadn't Mm. thought of that. And so, yeah, like spider webs. Because you said you went to Briarcrest. Yes. And I always knew it as bridal school. 
school. So I'm <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, curious. Yeah. Are you in that stat? Is that where you met your lovely wife? <laughs> I went in already uh, having been connected to my high school sweetheart and, and we're married now um, and uh, have been married for 12 years. So I went in as this, this guy who um, was just happy to stay in the dorm room playing guitar while while everyone was like going out to the social events, the, the girls dorm, the boys dorm, getting together and doing stuff. I was like, yeah, I'll just be here just playing guitar. So that was my life. <laughs> We're in a time of transition. We're in a time of, of trying to figure things out and you are moments away. I, I'm guessing at the moment, because we're talking yeah. right now, it, you're not in a hospital, but uh, you're, yes. you are not you personally, but you and your wife are expecting twins. I twins. know. Yeah. Double the fun. Good yeah. for you. Yeah. Like, I think we got this interview in just in the nick of time uh, because uh, she's got a doctor's appointment this afternoon and we've been rehearsing our lines like doctor, get us these twins now, like whatever you got to do, we need to meet these twins now. Cause it's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, for her, not for you. Yeah. Uh, no, for me. So yeah. do you know what you're, I know you're having twins, but do you, did you do the whole, you know, try to figure out if it's a boy or a girl or whatever yeah. else? Yeah. We have one boy, one girl coming. Very exciting. I actually have uh, twin little brothers. Okay. And, and the age gap is about the same between me and them as it will be for, for our daughter, who's about two and a half years older than them. So that's, yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be really fun and crazy and sleepless, but really fun. Oh yes. Yeah. Sleepless. Yes. Yes. Definitely. We'll be praying for you guys. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I had, uh, I had friends of mine who they had uh, a couple girls and they were, uh, they wanted a boy. And so they said, one last time, we're going to go into this one, you know, one kick at the can, uh, ended up getting pregnant with triplets. So, <laughs> and by the oh. way, the first two that came out, I were girl, girl. And then oh, the last one goodness. was a boy. And he's like, I'm out. I'm done. Oh my goodness. Wow. Can't imagine. Yeah. Can't imagine. Well, at least, at least, you know, in advance though, that you're in for sleepless nights. It's one thing to say that out loud. It's another thing to have it hit you, but yes. Hopefully everything goes well today for the Thank appointment yes. and uh, and you can meet your two new littles sooner than later. Yes. Oh yeah. Thank you. We're excited. It gives me stress just thinking. I got one <laughs> and I was like, oh, there. Lord. Um, I, yeah. Before we dive into uh, your your why me moments and the, and the mm. question, those hills and valleys, you did say that the, it was a whole other topic, but it was about church planting. Oh, and yeah. with a lot of what is going on right now with the pandemic and mm. the, the COVID thing and people doing online churches and yeah. then a whole bunch of other things that are happening with regards to the church, your heart is church plant. Is that kind of where you see the, the future of you and, and pasteurizing? Yeah. Pasteurizing. Yeah. Um, yes. And I think that part of it does come out of like, there's, there's some stuff that we have to look at and realize we're going to have to, find some new ways to, mm. to reach people. Um, but it mostly, it came out of like, I have planted once and, and, and I'd, I'd like to again. Um, so the first time we planted out of a mega church, first Alliance church in, in Calgary. Mm. And that was very interesting. Like they hadn't planted a church since the eighties. So everyone was relearning. What do we do? And, and, and that that's been really cool. Uh, that church has moved around from like school gym to school gym and, and schools are just shut for rentals right now. Um, 
so right now we're in a community center sharing with another church and, and it just keeps begging the question, uh, what is the future? How do we make disciples? And, yeah. and I like that church planting is, is an opportunity to just innovate and, and try some new things. I wouldn't call myself entrepreneurial in any way. Um, I'm bad at, at creating new ideas really outside of like music. <laughs> um, but, but uh, I think in the church world, it, it's just exciting to think about what are we going to do five years from now to continue to show people who Jesus is? Yeah. Well, this is the Why Me Project podcast. Johnny alluded yeah. to it. What is your Why Me moment? Yeah, I think, um, you know, lots of them. Uh, I already mentioned <laughs> when I was 15 and I, I lost my mom. And, and so there's that sort of a Why Me around like, why me this kind of pain uh there's been other moments we're so thankful for for where we are right now and these twins are a testament to god's faithfulness but there have been moments where um having kids wasn't easy and and then also like marriage hasn't been easy and and you say like why me and and then there are moments even this week where it's like there are some strong opinions out there about what a church should or shouldn't be doing and i don't want to get into that at all but those, those opinions um, in the local church usually get directed at someone and it's usually the pastors. And I'm thankful that I'm a co-pastor with, with another guy and we kind of bear that load together. But every once in a while these days, I'm like, why me? Like, <laughs> this is not fun to deal with yeah. these very passionate thoughts. And so, you know, what am I leaning on? What's my foundation? Um, if, if it's up to me making the perfect uh, call these days, or if it's up to me being uh, the perfect husband, or if it's up to me being the perfect example of a 15-year-old who can deal with the loss of his mother, then I'm in, in some trouble. But if Jesus lived the perfect life and died in my place to bring me into the perfect family with the perfect love surrounding me and then moving through me and flowing out to the rest of the world, then, then that could be okay. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of comes down to like, wow, Jesus, like, I can't believe you chose me. Like why me? But, but I know the answer because uh, of his incredible love and, and that's fun to, to live out of. So I'd love that we could talk for a long time about this. I love this. <laughs> this is good. Well, okay. So, uh, you brought it up and I'm, I'm not as a, as an associate pastor, I'm not going to make you choose sides or anything, okay. but uh, <laughs> the whole great, the whole grace life church thing is, yeah. Uh, one of those things that, I, I mean, you are a pastor and I, I, again, I don't want you to pick a side or make a decision or whatever else, but here's my question about it. Because yeah. if you're reading through people's Facebook pages, and this is an across Canada, across the U S that, okay, now there is uh, a fence around a church and people are preventing them from going in. But my question to you is how do we navigate dissension through the yeah. church now that it's it's not non-Christians versus Christians. It's Christians that have now divided themselves and saying, we are either for this decision or we are against this decision. As a pastor, what do we do? Wow, is that ever hard. I have read, I've read um, John 17, Jesus' prayer for unity, lots and lots um, mm -hmm. over the last year. It's as simple as to say, I know that that contains the answer. And yet, like, why isn't it happening? And for some right. it is. Uh, mm -hmm. For some people, they're, they are, the, the grace of Jesus allows them to just be totally cool with, 
with someone else's perspective being strongly held and them strongly holding another one. And, and they can be family, church family. Um, uh, man, it's just that we, yeah, we've got a ways to go for sure. I'm thankful for our church that um, started with people from all kinds of different denominational backgrounds. And that allows us to at least, um, at least say, we don't necessarily have a denominational tradition to stand on, even though we're Christian and missionary Alliance. Um, we, we have Christian reform. We have people who grew up right. Catholic. We have the very charismatic and, and all these people are, are together. And so what we've always done to bring us along is just say, we got to just keep looking at Jesus. And I think that that's kind of the answer is like even a fence around a church and, and and I, I do think that that's very sad. Um, even that is is a secondary issue. Like we could still follow Jesus if offenses around every church. We could still follow Jesus, and and I believe we can still worship and make disciples. And um, and so I think that if we can rally around, just let's just keep following Jesus without saying, "But following Jesus equals I must have Sundays my way, or I must mm. have." this experience of church this way, if we can leave those aside and just say, yeah, but is, is Jesus getting glory today? Like from you and your life and how you're living it. Um, I think we can rally a lot of people uh, around that. And uh, so that's my prayer. That's my hope is, is, you know, Jesus said, um, father, I just want you to be glorified. Um, glorify yourself in me. Um, glorify me glorify the spirit like that's his prayer in, in john 17 so hymns two uh, that's the number yeah. two not the as well uh <laughs> caleb delmont uh, delamont.com at caleb delamont uh, on all socials my friend uh, we we brought you through the ringer we asked you tough questions <laughs> but i appreciate you uh taking some time and uh, hanging out with us yeah my, what a pleasure thanks you guys very fun to chat with you today Thank you again to Caleb for taking some time. I bet you he thought, Holly, that he was coming in to just talk about hymns and music. <laughs> and then we threw him curveball after curveball after curveball. Uh, you got to be quick on your feet, apparently. It's interesting. And it'll be interesting to see kind of how things play out over the next little while on some of the topics and discussions that we had with Caleb. But mm -hmm. nonetheless, man, I love that guy. Mulane was right. He's uh, yeah. definitely somebody that we needed to talk to. Absolutely. I loved his perspective on pretty much everything. So it was just nice to hear uh, how a pastor and someone who loves music and uses music to be his, his ministry is talking about the situations we see day to day and, and healing from situations from back in the day. Thank you to everyone who listens, who downloads, who subscribes. And if you don't, what are you waiting for? Holly has $5 <laughs> waiting for you to give to you to be a part of the projectors at Apple Podcast, at Spotify, MySpace, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Pure Volume, and uh, Pinterest. Yeah, no $5 here, but yes to, you can also check it out at faithstrongtoday.com. 